Hello, this is Dan, and this is the Collected Summaries for Season 1 of Rehydrate, covering the entirety of The Three-Body Problem by Louis Shin. If you haven't read the book yet, please be warned that this will contain spoilers for the entire book. Please enjoy my terrible audio quality, as we're still figuring everything out. If you'd like to hear our other thoughts and perspectives on the book, the Remembrance of Earth's Past series, or any other media that we happen to discuss, please subscribe to Rehydrate. All the links to subscribe and ways to contact us are at rehydrate.space. Thanks for listening. In this uh, episode, we're going to talk about chapters one and two of the three-body problem. So in chapter one, we're introduced to uh, Ye Wen Jie, who, is, who witnesses her father, Ye Jitai, getting murdered by a mob persecuting him for being a reactionary during the early stages of China's Cultural Revolution in 1967. Um, they tried to make him say that the theory of relativity was an American capitalist idea, but he wouldn't, even despite his wife, Shaolin, uh, also a physics professor, uh, trying to force him to do so in front of a gathered mob. Uh, they considered the Big Bang theory that Yejitai taught to be a reactionary uh, theory, since prior to the Big Bang, there was nothing, and it leaves open to the idea there's a god, and yeah, would def- not definitively say that there was no god, just that he didn't know, and there's been no evidence uh, either way, according to science. Uh, in chapter two, uh, three years later, uh, Ye Wenjie is at the Production and Construction Corps, uh, a labor camp in Inner Mongolia, responsible for cutting trees and dealing with forests in an area surrounding the mysterious radar peak, where people notice strange phenomena around the appearance of an antenna that seem to make ice melt and turn the snow into rain. Um, there are also soldiers who have authorization to shoot anyone who approaches the peak. Uh, at the camp, uh, Ye Wenjie meets Bai Mulin, uh, a reporter who introduces her to a book called Silent Spring. Uh, it's an American book that talks about the death of a small town uh, from pesticides. Bai wants her to write a letter to the government in Beijing saying the work they're doing with the forests of Inner Mongolia are harmful and should be stopped. He eventually asks Ye Wenjie to copy the letter that he had written to make it more legible, and Ye agrees. Later, Ye Wenjie is arrested in charge of being a reactionary when Bai Mulin says that she was actually the one who wrote the letter in order to save herself from the charges. Later, Ye Wenjie is given the opportunity of leniency by signing a document supposed to be written by her sister saying that she had overheard the conversations from her father about a defense project that he was supposed to have been working on. But when Ye refuses to sign, saying she was not aware of the conversations, she is forced to remain in isolation in a cell in the freezing inner Mongolian winter. We start out uh, with uh, Ye Wenjie uh, waking up to find that she's being, she's being transported on a helicopter. Uh, she meets someone named uh, Yang Weining, uh, a former graduate student of Ye's father, uh, with whom they would disagree about theoretical versus applied physics, and which makes a bigger impact in the field. They arrive at Red Coast Base, the base that's on Radar Peak that we had heard about last time. There, Ye is given the choice to remain there and work on that for life, on a project they refer to as a large-scale weapons research project, or she could take the helicopter back and face a six- to ten-year sentence for her supposed crimes. She quickly agrees to enter the base and witnesses the test of the base, one that seemingly generates a transmission of large amounts of electrical energy that lights up the sky. Forty years later, we're introduced to Wang Miao, who is met at his house by police and members of the army asking if he has spoken with members of a group called the Frontiers of Science. Wang Miao is told that a general has requested that he attend a meeting later that day, and Wang Miao agrees to eventually go. At the meeting in Beijing, Wang Miao, uh, along with Dashu, meets with an international group of scientists, military, and police. 
We find out that Long Meow is working on a nanomaterial technology that can be made into a string as thin as one hundredth of a hair and cut a speeding car in half as if it were to pass through it. Wong finds out the reason that he's been asked to meet with, with them is that several high-profile members of the frontiers of science, including one he's familiar with, Yang Dong, from his time at the Liangxiang Particle Accelerator, had recently committed suicide. The Frontiers of Science is a well-known group of academics that asks the question, what is the limit of science? Yang Dong had said in her suicide note that all evidence points to a single conclusion. Physics has never existed and will never exist. After some goading from Dao Shi, Wang agrees to join the Frontiers of Science to find out the potential cause of the suicides. Wang leaves the meeting with General Chang and gives him an ominous warning. Life as we, he knows it will be changed, and he should prepare for the worst. So after the meeting in Beijing, Wang Miao goes to visit a disheveled Ding Yi at his apartment. Ding Yi tells Wang that he should not get involved with the police or military, and that the frontiers of science have nothing to do with the death of the scientists. Ding runs a simple experiment with Wang. Pocket a pool ball on a pool table that they move to different parts of the room. When the experiment predictably succeeds, he says that large-scale particle accelerators that he and his colleagues work on are similar to a pool table. However, when they ran their experiments, particles would collide and react in unpredictable ways. When Wang asks what this means, Ding responds, it means that the laws of physics are not invariant across time and space. The same sentiment that was in Yang Dong's suicide note. Later, Wang Miao, an amateur photographer, is out taking pictures, but when he develops them, he notices strange numbers across the photograph starting with 1200,00,00. He proceeds to frantically develop more and more pictures using different film and even different cameras, all with the same numbers appearing but counting down. For some reason, only the pictures that he personally takes yield the photographs with the countdown. Wang decides to contact Shen Yufei, a member of the Frontiers of Science, to see if she has any idea what might be happening. Upon arriving at Shen Yufei's house, she doesn't offer any advice as to why the countdown is appearing, but rather cryptically tells him that he needs to stop his research into nanomaterial. Later, back at his home, Wang finds that the countdown has returned, not only on the photographs, but directly in his vision. No matter where he looks, the countdown follows him. After consulting a doctor and finding nothing wrong with his eyes, he returns to work and is presented with an opportunity to shut down his nanomaterial research project for maintenance for a few days. As soon as the experiment is shut down, the countdown stops. Wang again contacts Shen Yufei, who tells him that it's simply not a trick, and that in three days he should look to the sky and he will see the universe flicker for him. So Wang Miao was introduced to the three-body V-suit game, a simulation of a seemingly desolate planet that's inhabited with historical Chinese figures who talk of stable and chaotic eras. These eras are made up of periods of intense cold and heat depending on the apparent random appearance of the sun. In order to cope with the unstable climate, the inhabitants have developed the ability to dehydrate, where they shed all the water from their bodies and transform into two-dimensional skins. Wong continues through the game and learns the goal, to figure out the pattern of the stable and chaotic eras and save the civilization of three-body. Wong's traveling companion, King Wen, travels to King Zhou, who tells him he has figured out the accurate calendar of the stable and chaotic eras. When they are supposed to enter a three-year stable era, King Zhou dramatically orders all of the subjects to rehydrate. However, Wen's calculations are wrong, and after Wang sees three flying stars, there's no sunrise, and the game ends with a message saying, Civilization 137 has been destroyed. 
covering the entire world in a deep snow. After Wang leaves the game, at the suggestion of Ding Yi, he goes to visit Yang Dong's mother, who turns out to be Ye Wenjie from Red Coast Base. Ye Wenjie is able to arrange a place for Wang to observe the cosmic microwave background, as Shen Yufei had asked him to do previously. At the observatory, Wang meets with Sha Ru Shen, a former student of Ye Wenjie who allows Wang to observe the background radiation of the universe, but is skeptical that he'll actually observe any change, let alone the 5% that Wang is anticipating that he will see. At the time, Wang has been told he does indeed see the background radiation start to fluctuate and flicker. Sha is initially skeptical, but confirms it with the other reading stations. Wang observes the wavelengths and uses the Morse code to decode the signal, which corresponds back to the same countdown that he previously saw. After leaving the observatory and feeling overwhelmed with what he'd just seen, he is met by Dasher, who tells him, Haha, another one bites the dust. After Wang Mia's experience of seeing the universe flicker, Dasher takes him to a restaurant for drinks and some tripe. At the restaurant, Sher lets Wang know his ultimate rule, anything sufficiently weird must be fishy. The next day, after sobering up, Sher fills Wang on in his thoughts about what's been going on. First, the crimes that have been committed have no seeming motivation, just for the purposes of destruction. Second, movies and other media have recently been having a more anti-science perspective. And finally, he concludes, everything that's been happening is coordinated by someone behind the scenes with one goal, to completely ruin scientific research. He assumes that this effort is coordinated and that whoever is behind it is afraid of scientists. But the best way to react is to continue his research as well as continue with the three-body game. So Wang takes this advice and returns to the world of three-body, where he runs into another historical Chinese figure, Mo Tzu, who says Civilization 137 has been destroyed 362,000 years ago. Mo Tzu has built a complex model of what he believes to be the universe. He theorized that the universe is two hollow spheres sitting in a sea of fire. The holes in the inner sphere are stars and a large hole on the outer sphere is the sun. His model has predicted that they are about to enter a four-year stable era. However, in the blue space of the sky is soon filled with a very large and very hot sun, burning everything in the world, including Moetze and Wang, forcing the inhabitants to dehydrate and ultimately destroying civilization 141. Afterwards, Wang goes again to visit Ye Wenjie, who, when the subject of Red Coast Base comes up, she agrees to tell Wang her history at the very secretive base. Ye Wenjie tells her story at the, of her time at Red Coast Base. She serves under a cover story working for the transmission and monitoring departments. Only after she gains the trust of Commissar Lei does she get told the true purpose of the base, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. However, Ye laments that no contact was ever made or received and that the base would eventually run out of funds and be closed. Also during her time, she married Yang Weining, and together they had a daughter, Yang Dong. However, an accident at the base killed both Yang and Lei. In Three Body, Wang tries to convince European scholars such as Galileo and Aristotle that the world actually has three suns, only to be not believed before seeing a trisolar day destroy civilization once more. Afterwards, he's called into the office of Da Shi, where he meets Wei Cheng, Shen Yufei's husband. Wei, a naturally gifted but lazy mathematician, tells the story of how he met Shen at a Buddhist temple and leave to join her when he is offered unlimited resources to try to solve a problem that has vexed mathematicians, the three-body problem. Wei reports that he recently has been threatened both by phone to stop his research and by Shen herself to continue his research. When he accompanies Da Shi and Wang Miao to his house, he finds that Shen has been murdered. 
Panhan is the primary suspect since Wei had heard them arguing about the arrival of a lord earlier, but he is nowhere to be found. Wei then asks Wang to take his solution to the three-body problem and publish it. Wang again enters three-body and sees another failed experiment, this time one that included millions of soldiers forming a human computer to run calculations to predict stable and chaotic eras. After civilization is once again destroyed, Wang is invited to a meetup of other players. At the meetup, Wang finds that the organizer is Tan Han, who tells the assembled players that the world of three bodies is actually a real place called Trisolaris. The point of the game and the meetup is to find people sympathetic to the cause of the Trisolarians coming to Earth to conquer the human race. Wang plays along to find out more. Wang sees that even more catastrophic events have happened to Trisolaris in the three-body game. The planet is split into two and is theorized that they will fall into the sun. The only way for the civilization to live on is for them to leave. The Trisolarians develop interstellar ships that can travel one-tenth the speed of light. Wang is able to watch the fleet as they take off for the nearest star, four light years away, the same distance as Earth. So Wang Miao attends another three-body meetup where Pan Han is denounced and killed for the killing of Shen Yufei by the commander of the Earth Trisolaris organization, Ye Wenjie. Ye tells Wang at that Red Coast base she had secretly discovered a way to use the sun to amplify and broadcast the signal many times over. And eight years later, she received a reply from Trisolaris, but it's a warning. Do not answer. Do not answer. Do not answer. Yeah, already disillusioned with the human race after the events of the Cultural Revolution, her father getting killed, and an escalating Cold War, quickly sends a reply, inviting the sender to come to Earth, and she says she will help them conquer it. She tells Wong that he needs to stop his nanomaterial research in order to ensure that the Trisolarians can come to Earth to conquer it. Just then, Dasher leads the police and the army to take down the Yitio. He quickly acts when a member says they have a nuclear bomb and shoots it, causing the conventional explosives to detonate but prevents the nuclear explosion. The police arrest the ETO members and interrogate Ye, where she reveals that she was the one that actually killed her husband and Commissar Lei at Red Coast Base. She had intended to only kill Lei after he discovered the message that the base had received from Trisolaris. She cut his rope that hit as he repels down the mountainside to fix the ground wire that she herself had sabotaged. Her husband, Yang, also shows up and repels down to help and with no other opportunity, Ye cuts the rope, killing both of them. In the following year, she gives birth to Yang Dong and sees society move on from the events of the Cultural Revolution that killed her father, and ends with her unshakable ideal, to bring the superior civilization from elsewhere in the universe into the human world. We start out with a Ye Wen Jie telling us the backstory of the danger of Mike Evans, a self-described pan-species communist billionaire that starts the UTO with Ye. In order to continue to receive the messages from Trisolaris, he builds a second Red Coast base on an oil tanker renamed Judgment Day. With the collected messages from Trisolaris on board Judgment Day, Dasher comes up with a demonic plan to, to obtain them before they can be destroyed by the crew. Codename Operation Kujung, he uses Wang Miao's flying blade nanomaterial stretched across the Panama Canal to slice the ship into slices, killing the unaware crew. Dasher's plan is successful, and via the messages were given a Trisolarian perspective on the earlier events of the book. The original message that Ye Wenjie sent is received by a pacifist listener who warns her not to respond to ensure that the Earth is not conquered by the members of his species. However, Ye's response ultimately gives away the location of the Earth, and the Trisolarians get to work on developing a faster way of communication. After a few false starts, they develop a way to unfold an 11-dimensional 
proton into two dimensions, allowing them to imprint a computer circuitry onto its surface before folding back into 11 dimensions and sending what they call sophons at light speed towards Earth. Once the sophons reach Earth, they're able to communicate via quantum entanglement across great distances. Since the Trisolarians are worried about the speed of sci human scientific progress, they task the sophons to sabotage and block human scientific progress by interfering with particle accelerators and causing other miracles. One of the miracles is the ability to display messages directly onto retinas, the method that, that the Trisolarians use to convey their feelings towards the insignificant human race your bugs. Finally, we end with Yeh returning to the long-forgotten site of Red Coast Base. Now rusty and covered in vines, upon seeing the sunset, she whispers, my sunset and sunset for humanity.